Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Taylor, for joined by Ben Turner. Hello there. And Josh Brown. Hello there. Now, this podcast comes but once a year where we ask the entire, as many staff members as possible uh, on the gaming channel to submit their rankings for Game of the Year. Um, and it's, all, it's a weighted ranking. So whatever you put at number one gets 10 points all the way down to number 10 with one point. And then we just collate everything to see what our uh, actual Game of the Year is based on the community, uh, at least the community that resides within the one channel that we have. And so um, only I know this ranking because I'm the one who's put everything <laughs> together. You guys sent me your rankings. Um, yes. and so we're going to initially do some honorable mentions, games that only one of us across the whole pool uh, voted for. That pool, like I said, being presenters, being editors, um, whoever wanted to throw their stuff in. Um, so all of our honorable mentions um, are Kentucky Route Zero, which was at Josh Brown's number two spot. But that's oh, only an man. honorable mention. Only you, Josh Brown. I think I was the only person Rudin. to play that one, to be fair. You so I'm... I wish I stayed awake for it, mate. I tried it. I, I was at the start. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. It's, um, it's on my list to get to, but yeah. Yes, it might. Be, I was going to say it might be a Christmas game, but I don't know if it's that um, positive. Yeah, you know. it'll um, work. But yeah, there's plenty of honourable mentions. So, Kentucky Route Zero, Call of Duty Warzone, again, Josh Brown being robbed. Um, Devil May Cry 5 <laughs> Special Edition, that was from uh, Jim Pitt. Um, Yakas are like a dragon, Bug Snacks, Fall Guys, Neo 2, Bugs. Assassin's Creed, Valhalla, oh! Astro's Playroom, Watch Dogs some... Legion, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, Gears Tactics, and Hades. All honourable mentions. Only played by a select few. Not enough to make the top 10 once we started crunching the points. Thoughts, fellas. Bugs. Have we already got it wrong? What's going on here? What's <laughs> happening? Why are all those honorable mentions, man? I tell you what, if you've got you the PS5 or Epic's Game Store, I, you play Bugsnacks for that ending and you're just like, what's going on? Bugsnacks like, is great, but apparently not that great. Apparently just great enough to be on. It was only on your list, Ben, right? It wasn't My on. number nine. My number nine. Your number nine? Admittedly, Bugsnacks is one that I'm go- I started, right? But then I, I had to stop it because it's what me and my girlfriend are going to play over Christmas when I'm off. Like, we've yeah. decided that's going to be the Christmas game. So I didn't manage to get it done before this list. Look, this, this list, I'm already shaking because I'm not wearing a Christmas jumper for the first time in like <laughs> two or three years for how many times we've done this. I'm gonna show it all feels wrong. It's like we're in a parallel universe. That is lovely, that. That Thank is you. brilliant. Carry on. That's what all. That's all. I'm just Fair outraged. Enough. That's all I'm... I hate these, especially. I thought that would have been... Absolutely in. You know, I look at, forward... at the same time, we kept forgetting that we even played Hades. I hate yeah, the way that true. game just re- re- becomes like a grind at the very end to do the same look... 10 times in a row for the final ending. 
I look forward to my Christmas break now because Josh says it's him and his girlfriend they go play uh, mm. but I'm also going to message him now every day. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen it yet? Have you done it yet? Have Roy, I'll you just Skype you in. I'll just get a <laughs> place on the chair and I'll just put your heed there and you can just talk us through everything that's going on. It's <laughs> right. So you'll meet my granddad. I'll put him on the call as well. Oh, I'll nice, get your granddad yes. on Bugsnacks. Um, okay, let's in. do this thing. So number 10 uh, at the weighted ranking, number 10 is Spider-Man Miles Morales. Um, which Ooh. a hell of a game. I kind of thought this would be a lot higher. I think if it was longer and more fleshed out, it would be. Um, I had a hell of a time with it. I think it flies by the campaign's brilliant, although I did fall off in the last act. I think that it's a bit rushed in the final third. Um, but for the most part, it's very powerful. And, you know, it, it is a nice showcase of the PS5. Um, I think that was mostly the same for you, Mr. JB. Yeah, interesting, because I didn't actually put that in my top 10 list that I sent you. So mm. I'm surprised to see that there. Uh, because yeah, while I really enjoyed that game, I thought it was like really solid, really great. I had a really fun time with it. Um, it didn't quite do anything special enough to get into the top 10 because I must say it's been an incredible year for games overall, IMO. Yeah. And it was really difficult this time more than any other time putting together this top 10 list and that would have just missed off. But it is, to be fair, I do think it is incredible, worth playing absolutely if you've got a PlayStation 5 and even if you've got a PlayStation 4 mm-hmm. and when it hits, that thing does hit. Benroy, you should break your no Spider-Man rule and play Miles Morales. I, I am not a Spider-Man <laughs> man per se you should but be. I, I the january times coming up now hopefully this new generation is some slow time for games i've only really got hitman free in resident evil 8 pinned for next year so far and horizon and god of war <laughs> but um <laughs> i I, I, no, I'll be about, i'll be thinking about you know just you know slide in there get it on ps4 you know mm-hmm. just do it play on ps5 but not yet not yet and then miles will come afterwards eventually but not yet Okay, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, number nine is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, which I actually yes. ended up putting, I think, at like number six or something on mine. Um, because although that game is super, super short, like if you have the muscle memory for the original Tony Hawk's games, like that was, I, bl- I did like pretty much 100% completion in like a weekend. Like, and even then it was only like six to eight-ish hours. Um, I don't know if you feel the same, Josh, but like uh, for me, it was like, it was immaculate and it was such a good rush and I had such a brilliant time with the soundtrack and everything else, but I did burn through it pretty quickly. Well, it's funny, like, I remember the last time we talked about this, I kind of argued for its longevity, because while mm. you are 100%, like, you can 100% it in, like, six hours, mm. there's so much more to it outside of that. Like, you have an endless amount of challenges in that game, which some of them are grading, but some of them are genuinely worth pursuing, you know, trying to get a certain amount of tricks, hit a certain score, do levels in interesting ways that it added to the um, content of the game overall. And I just think it's a great game to jump in for 20 minutes a day. If you're feeling stressed, if you're having kind of like a bad time, you just want something that is mechanically perfect, mm-hmm. has this kick-ass soundtrack, has this awesome presentation and just plays so well. Like it's sadly not downloaded on my PlayStation 5 because I don't have space for it. <laughs> but I really am desperate to get it back because it's one of those games where you can play it in a short burst, just have so much fun to it. And even if you have 100% of it, just getting on those tracks and pulling off some combos and trying new things is awesome yeah the multiplayer as well like just being that i was that kid that lived on tony hawks where it is the muscle memory it's just in me and so like going online and finally going up against people like around the world and being like oh we're all doing like times 50 combos and we're all like it's extending the time limit because we can't like finish our multiplayer uh, multi yeah multiplayer Multiplier? Yeah, multiplier. Yeah. I was like, yeah, multiplier, multiplayer, markiplier. It's all the same thing. Um, <laughs> number eight, though, and this is where Ben Royal can come screaming back in, Resident Evil 3. Ah, uh, here we go, stars. <laughs> okay, well, it, it's not the game of the year by far, and it's I've only got it what I... It was yours. It was your game of the year for like most <laughs> of the year. 
Uh, because there wasn't really much till the last was t- part two, was there? So um, yes. as, I, as I continue, uh, <laughs> is that number four on my list? Like, it's a nice short time, and I feel like it's again it's designed to be replayed, replayed. Mm. So everyone out there who says it's um, like three hours, you know, that's me. Know. That's 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 me. It's three hours. Play it on a more challenging difficulty, uh, no. I would say. Um, but no, it it. It, it was only like partly at this point because they cut out the clock tower for most hardcore Resident Evil fans, and then just people that wanted a bit of a longer experience. So like, why would you cut cut, cut out the most iconic? Like, I think I wrote a piece on the side, like, the most mm-hmm. iconic piece, like location in that game, pfft, gone. And then uh, afterwards, the Gravedigger, my Gravedigger, my giant stupid <laughs> worm that follows you through that. The only other boss in that game, in the original PS One game, gone. But um, now, all in all, I still enjoyed the rush of it. And it was just, I, I was scared of Nemesis again for a bit. And it was, you know, I, I went through an S rank, every difficulty, anything like that, and did everything because I'm mm-hmm. obsessed. But I can see what people's complaints about it. And I will let you two bash it now. <laughs> Josh, what do you think? <laughs> well, spoilers, but I'm currently in the midst of writing the most disappointing games of 2020. And that's absolutely going to be up there just for yeah, me yeah, personally. Yeah. I think my, my expectations were too high. I was looking forward to it. I bought it like day one for a price that I think is frankly ridiculous, like £50 for that game. IMO is way too much. And like Ben Roy was kind of touching on there with the elements that were taking away, it just felt to me incredibly lackluster and phoned in in a lot of places. I enjoyed a lot of it. I enjoy the way Jill is in it. I like her new characterization. She's the, the best thing in it. I, presented. Yeah. I do like some of the cutscenes with Nemesis, but Nemesis as a whole, just after Mr. X, I thought Mr. X would be te- teeing up like a version of Nemesis that we'd never seen before. Mm. And in a lot of ways, I thought Nemesis ended up being a step back from what we just got last year. And it just, it it felt like there was something in there, but that it was kind of like stripped of its wider ambition. And I, it sucks for me to say, because I was, this is, this was up there, like my top five most anticipated games of the year. And it just didn't hit for me. And realizing it over the course of those three or four hours was, was so disappointing, man. I can't, can't even put into words how, just good I was by the end of it. I think for me, like what is there is for the most part in terms of like the, the feel of the shooting and the like the level designs are enjoyable enough. And I just I just I got through it and I couldn't believe it was so short. I just wanted so much more to it. Um, and like you said, the Mr. X Nemesis thing, it feels like Mr. X sort of stole Nemesis's thunder and they didn't have enough to then put onto Nemesis. And um, we can get into if this. I, in, if I could just say one more thing, thing. That, yes. that came out so fast and I think they pretty much confirmed it was meant to be a DLC at some point, which is it feels like it, yeah. But I'm um, like, well, we've got eight coming out next year, this year, ne- mm-hmm. next year. And then the rumored, re- like, rumored Resident Evil, well, it was leaked, Resident Evil 4 the year after, at the mm-hmm. end of the year. So at least for Resident Evil 4 remake, it's not going to be just another quickly squared out one. And I think uh, we always fantasizing, I think with Josh, I did for when, when I was squealing as I was watching the reveal trailer, like, you could go, what if you could go around Raccoon City and stuff? Yeah. But the reason why Mr. X works so well is because you're in the small RPD and then in Racking City, you're always on the move, so they can't keep making more city. It would have the costs, yeah, so it's business. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a funny one, because obviously, like, me and Scott kind of err on the disappointing side of it, but yeah. at the same time, like, I think it is quite a divisive game, because so many other people love it. Obviously, it's made our number nine of the well, entire look, I mean, year, you know was, what I mean? It's number four yeah. for one of, our, um, one of our editors, Dan Dirk, and it was his number four. Sorry, it was his number one. It was uh, Ben Roy's number four. Um, which like was <laughs> was more than enough to get it into the top eight. I mean, these are still are the games of the year. They're still sort of ten titles that we would recommend. It's just that I think alongside what like considering the high bar that Resident Evil Two set, yeah, um, three is obviously underneath that. But it's still a great action game, action horror game. Um, number seven is Demon Souls. Demon 
Souls coming, <laughs> screaming in at number seven. This wasn't even on my top ten. You guys think it's something other than a big old pile, so you should. One of you should say something, because otherwise I'll just dig into it again. I'm gonna let Ben Roy go first because I just <laughs> accidentally just I shat all over Resident Evil. So it's so good to see Bluepoint restore the Souls like the Soulsborne games. Like after the travesty, the trash file we had last year of Sekiro. Oh god, where we're just ruined. Where it just ruined. No, where it just ruined everything. And that crap game, and I hate it. I hate. It. I beat it, and it's oh, fine. I guess. Can I mute him? I don't think I can actually mute him. No, but um, Demon's Souls is just like, it, it's just such a nice return to saying that isn't just cheap and just annoying. And I, I, I prefer- like, Almost broke me, that one. Yeah, it's just <laughs> Demon's Souls is a spirit of Sekiro. And, and it's also enjoyable when you can sometimes get a mate in and you know, the flame lurker who can get in the bin, that's how, <laughs> that's double teaming and just hold R2 and walk away, hold R2 and walk away. Cause that's all that really game really is. If you can boil it down, you could be a magic class, but I'm not, I got no time for reading. So I'm just going to press R2 <laughs> and just get through it. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't, I, I, I think I hate Demon Souls. I've tried. I think it's awkward, <laughs> tedious, off-putting, obfuscating. It's so beautiful, man. It's so great. It looks gorgeous, but that's the only thing that it does right. Is that it's I I hate <laughs> that game's level design. I hate its progression. It's I hate like how many mechanics it doesn't explain. It's it's awful. Before I jump it, before Josh, because I know Josh needs to speak in this podcast. Nah. Uh, playing that game and like just realizing this you could just take this demon souls man out and make this a lord of the rings game like so many of the levels look like sections of lord of the rings but i'm just mm. thinking like what if we just had a nice linear sort of like or even the souls like lord of the rings game going through moria going oh, to Mordor. You what, if you, yeah if you did yeah. it, a souls based lord of the rings game going, going through off skilliath and just like trying to like get through and then getting done over by a ray for the, <laughs> all these sort of things i'm just was fantasizing as i was playing it that was enough to propel me to keep playing it and then enjoy it and then just hit every enemy boss on the bum. I was glad it was done <laughs> and I deleted it. Josh, what do you think? <laughs> Chief, well, first of all, I'd really take that Lord of the Rings game any day mm. of the week. But yeah, I love Demon Souls. I think I had it at number four on my personal top 10. Um, I've obviously a big Souls fan, love Sekiro, love Dark mm. Souls, love Bloodborne especially. And this was always the game that I never played. I never had a PlayStation 3 until very late. I wasn't into Souls until long after I sent my PlayStation 3 to its Viking funeral. So I've been waiting a long time to get around to this game. And it sort of lived up to the hype in a lot of ways. Like for me, the level design, it is for me simpler than like Dark Souls. Dark Souls feels like a much more kind of ambitious game, but I didn't mind the tightness at all of this one in particular. And more so than the others, I got my head around it to the point where I actually thought it was too easy at times, which mm. I always feel like I come on this podcast and try to flex by saying games are too easy. <laughs> I did die a lot, but I agree, the bosses yeah. I found were a bit too gimmicky and a bit too easy apart from the man eater and the flame lurker that I was a bit sad that the challenge aspect um, I didn't quite get, but I think that's just because I played Dark Souls to death at this point, so I kind of know what to expect. Mm -hmm. And But that didn't really matter too much. That's my only slight negative. Otherwise, it's beautifully presented. The animations and feel of the combat to me is incredibly tight and incredibly visceral and incredibly satisfying. And I just enjoyed like being in that world leveling up my character exploring finding all of these different npcs doing their kind of weird side missions and it has such a great atmosphere and as a playstation 5 game 
like it just knocked me away, knocked me have, out of the park. Can I just ask a question? Have either of you played with anyone you've known in this game? No, because no. it was a great. It's been a great game for me to play with my friend and just like sort of like uh, I would say this could be an entry point for anyone who eventually gets a PS Five and is, doesn't really like these games so much, but get someone in there and you can just sort of like everything that has a scary because I mean, you know there's always anticipation. Like, oh, I don't want to go forward. I don't want to get wrecked. But if you've got someone else in there pressing r2 as well it's such a nice thing to experience and then on your i think on your own it's cheap i will agree with josh like a lot of the bosses are just get behind them and hit them in the bum or yep. stand back and shoot this one woman in the face and like sort of think on the boss side yeah. like i think i was overthinking it way too much like because yeah. i was I, like i came into the soul series on dark souls it's still my favorite one and i love the soul series and bloodborne especially sekiro even though i think sekiro is like pushing the absolute zenith of how much your patience can be tested but in a, in a skill-based way where it's like in demons it's just like oh there's a hole in the floor you fell through or like, oh there's a random flying stingray thing on the that's gonna shoot you from they're gonna snipe you from off screen and i just I hated all that stuff where it was just kind of like the developers been like, oh, we got you. And like, hey, we got you again. Hey, restart. And like the challenge kind of came from the tedium. It's like, I remember you saying, Bimra, when you were playing through it, that like the, it was annoying, like just having to get back to a boss again, that like yeah. that is the challenge as opposed to the boss itself. And so like, I think I was overthinking the bosses because I was like, oh, well, you know, in the Dark Souls games, like some of them have different tactics and there's more animations and whatever. But like, uh, flame lurker you just you die to his chip damage because he flames you because he's next that's to you. a blood bomb boss that feels like a blood bomb mm. boss in the demon souls game and that's the only one that has caused me like caused me significant trouble right. most of the others i could do in the first or second try but that one can get in the bin the, uh, yeah so it's weird how like each of it because for me the the fool's idol i was really overthinking that i was like i need to get super up close to it and i need to like try and take it on but i kept getting caught in the ground pattern thing and i was like oh, if i just hang back and just use ranged magic and on bow and arrow i did did it immediately and it's like oh if i just if i'm just cheap with this that it's way easy and then i kind of figured it out there's a boss later on that you can just arrow to death as well in the distance like it's just tactics like that i guess you can kind of fall back on um number six um is crash bandicoot 4 it's about time um Whoa! Which i know i I, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe josh this was your honorable mention i thought it would be a hell of a lot higher it's been a good year, man. What can I say? Like, mm. I love Crash, and I think that's a testament to just how solid 2020 has been in terms of games, because I love that thing. To me, it's mm-hmm. absolutely incredible. And yeah, so, it didn't make my top list. It was only an honorable mention, but I'm absolutely buzzing to see it here, because I think that <laughs> game is like the perfect sequel to Crash. And not only does it work on the fan service level, it's got all of these callbacks, it's got all of these kind of like visual references, but it works as a great platformer. Like, it took me back to being, as, being a kid and wanting to get that 106% and wanting to do all of the gems, find all of the hidden areas it's just so tight and so lovingly made i love mm-hmm. that game man love it i love the um just the, the presentation as well like that sort of like you know it's always pixar style uh, cutscenes, but i think they went mm-hmm. above and beyond in regards to how they animate like you know Cort- cortex almost steals the show like i love everything that they do with dingo and like a dingo doll and all that stuff's great and it's just like it just plays so well that i ended up like i thought it was a little bit like kind of um kind of got you tedious the first time through but i think it's because i was playing it like too fast i was kind of running with this uh, a sort of pace that i kind of applied from crash 3 whereas this is way more like mm-hmm. crash 1 or crash 2 um and you, as soon as you sort of lock step with how it wants you to progress then you start memorizing stuff and then you start unlocking the skins and the co- like the costume stuff um and just having a blast like just drinking every part of that game and um benoit you had it on your top 10 as well i think it was your number six yeah it's where it is on our list um i played Big it F. for an afternoon and i I regrettably went and played Squadrons and finished that like bad game. Like not bad game, <laughs> but just like nothing game. Just forget, yeah, yeah. 
but this like going back to this weekend just playing it for like for what's felt like the whole day i think i've i don't spoil it for, i've looked at the i've got like three worlds left so i've just met um a character who was like huh what are you doing here and okay. i i love that like uh uka uka who was such like a formidable thing in the first like in number three and like uh, you, there's a bit of a twist here and stuff like that. And just all these things like entropy. I love him. He's a great baddie. Mm-hmm. And I've been flying the Dingo Dal flag forever. <laughs> and my boy Dingo Dal. Oh, it's just so nice. When, you, when you first told me that like Dingo Dal is one of your favorite Crash characters, I yeah. kind of couldn't because to me he's such a side character. And then when they made him playable in this, I was like, man, there must be tons of people waiting for this. And I, I like playing the Dingo levels, knowing you'd be like bouncing off the walls yeah. with excitement. Like, yeah. And then um, I can't remember her, the Femme, female Bandicoot from Tornet. number one. Donna, they, she's great playing as her as well. And like, as I feel like I'm getting to a band coming back together five mm. now, and I'm just like, man, this is so good. And I've well, not like, had a single point that I haven't disliked. And mm. I could just watch this and be fine. But also playing it, whenever I die, I feel like I'm the one screwing up and I will <laughs> defeat it. And I'm glad there's not proper lives because I would not play it on retro like Josh did because I'm not a sadist. <laughs> I, I, I went, yeah, Josh, when you went on the, uh, the old school mode, I bet they do give you enough. Like, I think you're on like 99 lives anyway. Yeah, see that well, again, again. I do the weird Josh podcast flex. flex but it, mate. I thought retro retro mode was slightly too easy. not was really it, was well it too implemented. Easy? It wasn't too easy. It just wasn't well thought out. Like it was cool having the lives, mm. but also they gave you way too many, and I spent all the game with ninety nine lives. And it's not like I wasn't dying. <laughs> I was dying still quite a lot, especially towards the end. But I was just overwhelmed with things, and I was like, I, I'm having the exact same experience as Scott and Benroy here, and yet this mode's kind of doing nothing. That's maybe mm. the minor draw, drawback if I didn't we, criticize it. A we bit. haven't mentioned, sorry, the new masks. They all kind of work yeah. as well, and they all sort yes. of like, apart from there's one that's upside down, the upside down one is playing with my brain a bit. Like, I'm Love like, oh. but apart from that, all the new masks have worked, and they've changed it up enough to where I'm like, yeah, this is just. It's just good. I, I had like just a, a great time going through it. Like, like I said, once I kind of figured out the pace that they wanted and it all sort of locked in, I was like, oh, it's because Crash 3 is my favorite one, but that's by far the easiest one and the most one that's stuffed full of minigames. Um, but once I kind of realized that it was more like Crash 1 and 2, like just hoovering up all the gems or as many as I could and getting all the costumes, uh, minus the one that's in Cortex Castle because you need all the gems for that, which means dying less than three times on that stupid final gauntlet where you've got to juggle all four <laughs> masks and everything. That's a hell of a thing. And um, would also recommend in regards to Crash 4, um, Kadikaris's video on trying to to 106 percent or whatever um because that means finding gems that are just behind rocks and behind I, parts of the scenery and how insanely infuriating that can be i would never do this because I, I couldn't do it because like, <laughs> i tried to do it with crash one and right. i just i was hurting my hands but yeah like I, I, no way i'm gonna go for the platinum or do the, no. the gems i'm not doing that that's an endurance test. Um, number five is Ori and the Will of the Wisps. This was my number one. And I would love Mr. Josh Brown to play it, but he's never Ginu. Me and, me and Benroy have done it. We touched yeah. it. We played it. It's a lovely time. Finished it. Yeah. Um, it's, I would say as someone who isn't sort of like as, as into Ori, like, uh, it was a nice uh, update to why, because I played them both this year. Mm. It was nice to have some sort of combat, not just firing energy balls, like relentlessly and almost like sort of like randomly. Did you get that giant hammer thing when you get to, if you equip that and just when you level a guy with that massive hammer? I don't think, because I like to stick to the oh. sword for the most part. And I would, I eventually did ditch off the bow and arrow because I wanted other things like triple jump and mm. Uh, there were so many abilities that I just I want to be able to keep in the air as much as possible and I want en- enough things to stop me from falling, like, grabbing onto an enemy and stuff I just want to be able to just keep moving and right. not be on the floor and it was for me it's those games are, they look beautiful they play r- amazingly but like there's just a point where 
uh, like I'm, I'm biased unless it's like in Mario that a lot of them don't really sort of like get into my heart and become like I become them and I, I played it as it was just I, I thought it was really good but for me it just doesn't break my top 10 this year okay I think at some point it's just going to be like, like obviously like personal preference genre based yeah, stuff pretty like much. It, it is in the platformer mold whereas like to me it's just it's absolutely immaculate like the stuff that you just said about you know the presentation the way that it plays like that thing is so fluid like you can change so many different moves together you unlock so many different moves um, and just like going through that game like once you start unlocking more different powers that on or different parts of the environment that open up and then doing all the side missions and thematically like just being this sort of like forest spirit that's helping everybody out and rebuilding the village and um, you know defeating sort of like weird demonic forces that have in, like infested that big bear or that big evil frog or whatever you want to do. And, that was um, disgusting. Like, yeah. In, like, ugh, just <laughs> the, the things coming the out of this frog. Thing as well. Josh, when you eventually see this frog and the things coming out of this frog, oh, nightmare fuel. <laughs> It's um, it's all reasons not play it there, man. No, for the love of God, I don't know how to get. I might do some sort of Patreon. Get Josh Brown to play (laughs) Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Can I just say this is a perfect compliment to like you play this for a good few hours, then you stop, and then you watch um, James May O Cook on Amazon Prime. Not sponsored by it, but it's a really good show, and it was a nice like one-two with that. (laughs) The one person I know recommending James May's cooking show, Um, always good. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. 
Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Um, next one down is number four, Final Fantasy VII Remake, um, which I had way down at like number eight or nine on mine. Um, but two. still, um, yeah, it was, it was your second game of the year, Ben, right? You should probably highlight why. Uh, as someone who stuck their nose up ignorantly, ignorantly to Final <laughs> uh-huh. Fantasy for so many years, uh-huh. and like, I can't believe this has finally knocked the Spirits of In off as the best Final Fantasy, in my opinion. <laughs> and playing through, playing through this game, and with, I think I needed a modern coat of paint. I needed to just grow as a human and just stop being there like, a, I'm just going to, I'm just, you wait, I'm going to take my PS1 mag and smack you around the end of it before I play this game because I don't <laughs> want to play it. I'm not a nerd. But then I just love all this other nerd stuff. But no, it, uh, I digress. Like, from the uh, mechanics of fighting, I like the freedom of moving around. I, the characters all drew me in. You mm. play this and you think it should be another anime fest. And then you like, oh, there's, a, there's an environmental message to this as well. And then there's a random cat that they'll never explain. <laughs> but Oh, they I, will, I, but it'll be in like part four. Yeah, and we'll all be retiring by then. And um, just everything in this game, man, like from how great it looked, apart from like some, you know, the old tap or the bin in the corner, Mm. and to every character they've refleshed out. Like, I think, what's, what's, um, is it, it's not Jesse, is it? Like, I I said she was pretty, or like, pretty good. Yeah, she's the character that won't stop leaving you alone at the start. And and you were like, and you were like, oh, she's she's no one in the first game. And I'm like, oh crap and <laughs> just going through that and like i love the look of this world and like this so i would just love to play more stuff and experience um you know you should, i can't, you can't remember play. the name of the city now oh it's uh, midgard's the name of the yeah. city i would just love to be in midgard forever to be fair yeah. like, I just but you know what you should it. do then you should play final fantasy 7 then and midgard's only like five minutes in that game so why would i play it for midgard because then if, oh my god the reason that i couldn't i put final fantasy 7 remake on mine because i was still like yep there are some massive highs in this i love what they did with all the different boss fights i love how much it's fleshed out and that's one of the only games i would ever recommend playing on hard mode because i think it completely changed oh, no, like no, it no, completely no. not necessarily to you but anyone who can hear my voice and the hard mode on 7 Remake completely changes it in a way that brings it way more in line with the original and um, where you really have to have specific character builds and you really have to start thinking about how you're using your magic and, and when, when you're busting out a special and saving different points for different uh, parts of the fight and stuff like that. Um, but I could not get away from the amount of changes they made to the source material that were infinitely worse. Uh, and so I was always pairing that off with um, how it sh- how the story should be told and how they they bring in stuff that shouldn't be revealed for like another like in the third act that they're bringing in now, and like, it's just it's insane. You're in Midgar the whole game, right? But every yeah. chapter almost feels totally different after you get for those first few. And I'm just like, just it's just a nice change of pace for each one of them. Like there was some mm. points like the ghost train yard I even enjoyed, and like that was nothing in the first game. Just all these little bits, man. Like I can't wait to see what they do with the next few, and I can't wait to become a fan of fantasies man even more and <laughs> apart from like what's that oh what's that stupid poison boss in the sewer when you first come into it that was the point when i hated the game and i wanted to just get the rid of the, it the big horn thing that you've got to yeah and it's got off. it sludges you and oh, there's God, sometimes name but i know what you mean there are sometimes in the game where you you're stuck in a health loop. maybe i'm crap but you get stuck in a health loop where you're trying to heal but you keep getting hit and like it's right. it's almost like you barely do anything but 
apart from that, and a Hell House can go and die in a bin. The Hell House great. is one of the best, one of the best fan pieces of fan service in gaming history. That thing is insane. Josh, um, what do you think though? Yeah, like, Josh, Josh thoughts before thing. we move on. Well, like Ben Roy, um, I think it's really interesting that me and Roy both had it higher than you, Scott, because we prior to this game, we're not because you guys don't have the original at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? But mm. I couldn't believe how much I loved this game. I would never have played it had the world not gone into lockdown because I wouldn't have found time with it. But because that <laughs> happened, I was like, oh, finally give Final Fantasy VII a go. Scott won't shut up about it. Obviously went against your wishes and played the wrong yep. version. Yep. But I digress. I still yep. thought it was an amazing experience for everything that Roy has just said there. Like the presentation of the game, the fact that I found myself falling in love with these characters like Jesse, who I, obviously I, I knew the big hitters. I knew about Aerith, knew about Cloud. I knew all of that stuff. I didn't know about these other um, supporting characters that just added so much to this world and just living there felt so unique and it's so beautifully brought to life and I thought the combat it was really engaging once I got to grips with it I do also agree that there are two that there are quite a few annoying moments in it and there are quite a few annoying sections in general like this yep. is the game that perhaps pissed me off the most and I have a lot of grievances with it but they almost don't matter because when it was hitting those high points, they were so unbelievably high. And it's the game that I've enjoyed talking about the most this year. I remember when we were talking about it, I think a few weeks ago after Roy had finished it. And I remember when me and you, Scott, did a podcast right when it came out with Benji and like having these different perspectives on it from people who have played it when they were children and adore it compared to people who are coming in now and the differences that they actually implement in the game itself and the risks that they genuinely do take. Like it's such fertile ground for good conversation. And there's yeah. so much there to pick apart that I, I genuinely do love it with its faults and with its strengths. Yeah. The thing I'm saying about the changes, like it's, it's mainly the way that they treat Sephiroth, like the way that it actually ends up wrapping up that crazy cosmological space, Lovecraftian horror thing that they go for at the end. And um, that is completely new to this game. Like that whole thing is the most fascinating thing in all of the final fantasy seven discourse. Cause it's like, that game the original game has branched off into like anime and different spin-offs and movies and stuff and it's like with the card that they play at the end of the remake is like either going to be absolute genius and it's going to pay off in the next installment or they blew their load way too fast and we they haven't they've given away what is supposed to be the end of the overall story and i don't know how the hell they then do that so i'm kind of just it puts me in a weird state where i'm glad that they've done this stuff and they've taken a risk and it's it's revitalized the conversation around seven and for people like me because now we don't know what's going to happen um but there are still bits like what they do with Sephiroth, the way he's introduced, things like that, um, that I think could be done better. Um, we're into the top three, and number three Ooh. is Ghost of Tsushima, which I wish was at number one. I not. thought this was going this, right, this, this, this is even going to be great or horrible. <laughs> I thought, right, in my head, I thought three was going to be Doom Eternal and one was going to be Ghost of Tsushima. This has nah. blown everything out of the water, yeah. and this is going to be a strong top three, I think. It is. Um, oh, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful top three. I think um, oh Ghost God. of Tsushima as well is easily one of the... I mean, that literally just won the People's Choice Award for, uh, for, at the Video Game Awards uh, as by popular opinion or whatever, so the public have voted for Ghost of Tsushima. Um, I think this game is immaculate. It's, it's, it was always between... Um, <laughs> it was always between um, that and a certain other two games that are in our top three. Um, as to my number one... Um, whatever they could, may be. And um, yeah, and I just think that, I mean, I went back to it last night because on PS5, it's like 4K60. And I was like, I'm just going to go back and mop up the rest of the encampments that I didn't clear out and maybe other side missions that I haven't done. And just there's something about that game. It's like spiritually imbued with this sort of peaceful, tranquil, like, you know, um, like I said, sort of spiritual feel, but then it can just turn like on a dime and become this like bloody, I'll do what's necessary to protect what's mine type thing uh, thematically. And I just, 
I love both sides of that coin. I, I don't think I've ever seen them done so well, like the serenity of the environment and exploration and playing the flute while you're walking down the riverside. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then just sort of busting out the moon stance or the stone stance and just stabbing a dude's neck off. It's, it's a lovely time, to be honest. Love that stuff. It was, funnily enough, number three on my own personal list. This has mm. lined up quite well there because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I, I love it for all the same reasons. Like, I didn't even expect to enjoy it as much as I did. Like, same. going into it, I thought I'd only play it for maybe, like, 10 or 15 hours and then maybe get bored of it because there is a lot of repetition in there. But after that, I just I couldn't put it down because, like you said, it has this perfect mix of, like, violent urgency alongside this real tranquility when you are just kind of, like, walking around, you're collecting flowers, you're doing these haikus and stuff like that. And it and all meshes together in a way that it has no right to. Like, it's got such a great sense of direction that so many other open-world games lack that even if it is potentially a little bit bloated, all of the systems inform like central themes and central mm. motifs and it all comes together in a way that nothing feels wasted or nothing feels kind of superfluous. Mm-hmm. I've got to do one, one shout out as well. It doesn't matter what order you do that game in, which I found so refreshing. Like so many games, it's like, oh, make sure you do all the side stuff or do everything before you hit the final thing. Like you'll get that big warning in so many games where it's like beyond here, you can't go back. Make sure you do all mm-hmm. the stuff. And I'm like, well, I want to see the story through. So I don't want to delay that because it breaks all the pacing. They, I think they do flag saying like, this is the last mission, but it doesn't matter. You can do that last mission and then go do everything else. And all the dialogue will reflect what's happened in the main story, which I just... Why is that not in everything? Like that's a quality of life improvement for how you do an open world story, um, which I just thought was brilliant. Um, Ben Roy, some quick thoughts on Mr. Sushma. Uh, I hope that the second one uh, gets me a lot better. I I think Mm. I've said a lot about this game. I think there are some aspects, like some mechanics that are just missing and something I feel relies too much on uh, just go into a t- different stance, like press the same button. It doesn't really feel like it warrants like all the stance. They, do they, all, the stand stuff, they yeah. all feel too the same to me. And I would personally like the option to turn on a mini map and things like that. And I feel like a lot of the uh, side stuff was extremely repetitive and uh, just went on a bit. But thematically, the story I enjoyed and the moments when I was, when it would pull me in, I was very much really in. But for like, I, there were just too many bits that. Uh, irked me on the way and too many uh, bumps in the road that kind of like put it down it's my number seven but mm-hmm. like I still like I thoroughly uh, like I didn't hate myself playing this like I hated myself playing Sekiro or another game but I enjoyed this <laughs> to the end and this was like a nice chill play that makes yeah sense. i love what they've done to it as well like they've added obviously the legends mode the whole multiplayer thing but it does have another single player thing if you want to um get yeah. stuck into that side of it plus they've added new game plus um so if you want to just start it over which i do or i have done um and i have everything carried over that game's lovely um so number two then I which will immediately so... give away what number one is number I two is the last of us part two Oh, I know. Hell. <laughs> the thing is, doing what it, some of these weighted rankings just by sheer fact of you know a certain game maybe not being not anyone's number one, but being high in a multiple a multitude of people's overall ranking will eventually get it to number one because it does add up to a number one spot. So I'll get to number one in a second, but you can probably guess what it is. Um, <laughs> number two, though, The Last of Us Part Two. I had this really low on mine because I just over time I've just kind of soured on it. I. I, I it's, I have a million thoughts on The Last of Us 2. I'm glad that it exists, but I didn't, I don't really, I'm not ever going to go back to it. I didn't, I didn't really enjoy it. I sort of like was glad that it was done. I, I'm not the person to sort of speak about it as one of the games of the year. Although I do think it is one of the games of the year and it is one of the most essential things you should play. It's just got such a black heart to it. And I think that, I don't know, I go back and forward on it. I, what do you guys think of Last of Us 2? 
for, for me, I'm like the exact opposite of that, Scott, in a, in a way, because it's the only game that I've ever played that I've immediately gone back through, like back to back and played it twice straight away. Normally when I play a game and I finish it, like Ghost of Tsushima, I love that thing, Platinum did, played it for like 60 hours or whatever, but haven't touched it since, won't go mm. back to it on PlayStation 5 because I'm done. Last of Us Part 2, I loved the first time around and I did my review on it, uh, so I don't want to repeat myself too much here because my thoughts haven't really changed, which is kind of weird as well. Um, but then I immediately wanted to get back into it yet again. Mm-hmm. And I just, for me, like it, and I know it's very divisive, but for me, like we've said a million times, like I think it just, I think it nails what it set out to do. It surprised me in ways that I thought were earned mm-hmm. and um, satisfactory. And I, I don't necessarily agree that it does have a black heart. I don't mean you have clashed heads on this even I don't, even I don't like fully mean what I think that sounds like. I, right. I like I do think the Last of Us Two has one of the best. I've said it in the in the in the explanation video. I think it's this clarion call for peace and harmony and actually understanding yep. each other and moving forward together. All that stuff is there. I think I just mean that it's. I can't get around the potent, the wasted potential of it in a way, and I kind of don't. I fundamentally, personally, subjectively don't really don't like what they actually did with two and i kind of i think the more more distance i've had since two the more i've thought back on the original last of us and the more i treasure that game so much and i can go back to it and i and it has like a warm feeling to it when i want to i want to go play it and i want to live in that world and hang out with those characters and that dynamic and i don't have any of that in two two feels very cold and sterile and it's to make that point to make you long for a human connection um that it gets there at the very end but i think it's missing throughout it intentionally but it means that i don't i get i've tried loading that game up and i just go i don't want to be here i don't want to play this yeah. this feels horrible you know it what? might be a 2020 thing but yeah i think it's like brave that game uh, mm. behind that game to do that because we get that so much in film where sometimes you just watch a film or maybe episodes of a tv show when at the end it's not a happy ending and like this mm. game was about hate it wasn't about love and I, i'm glad that it didn't turn into some sort of disney ending at the end like like that game uh i'm ignoring the whole internet that sphere around it because you should ignore the internet anyway you should go to whatculture.com and what culture game on youtube and apart from that screw yeah. the rest of the internet it's not a sphere it's a tunnel De- delete twitter <laughs> but um uh just everything from like man like how great that game looked and how much they even played on the gameplay and seeing those characters again and them actually feel like they've grown and like uh, we could have had everyone just be happy, friendly, and then go out for another for another adventure. That we get to right. go, we go and get a get a MacGuffin. But I mean, it, it kind of is getting a MacGuffin. But there's a reason to this. That I think there's a really strong reason for this MacGuffin as a yeah. whole to be there. And I feel like the only thing I ever jive with is that the the hard split that they've done playing it again uh, for my third time now uh, with someone else. We are just like it's such a hard point when as I, I finished that bit and I just wanted to, I gauged from uh next to me and she she just couldn't understand why now I was like, by the way, you have to play this it's, it's gonna be another hundred years before we get to the end and she's like, What? <laughs> and um even huge. though it's amazing how they have two really strong lead characters, they're so divisive and you can side with them either way at either point and either scene, you can flip flop the whole time because I feel like it's done so well in that way. But I feel like the pace of it and the hard split has and and the leaks and the just idiots everywhere has just sort of like taken this game and pull it down to a pit and being locked in and like what else is going on but like the, f- the fact that it's gone for hate it hasn't gone oh we're at the end we're just going to mop it up and it's going to be nice you get to the end and you get to a, a, more of a bit and you're so drained you mm-hmm. you look like you you feel as like you're covered in blood like Ellie is you feel like you want to cry and you, you get disappointed and then when you have to do certain things that like, I can't do it. Like, if they can make me do this I'm just going to turn it. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And uh, 
going through that, being traumatized that much by a game after it, I felt like that game ripped so much out of me at certain points, <laughs> just to keep going and also to enjoy it fundamentally as a really good game. I think like there's a thing that with like this particular ranking, this particular podcast is that we all yeah. submitted our own personal top tens, which is different to my, me reviewing a game or, or like trying to analyze a story with a more sort yeah. of measured approach and not saying what I would do, what I think is different as opposed to appreciating a, a piece of work, like, you know, a piece of art or a text or whatever and being able to analyze it that way. So like, yeah, I, there's, I have a million thoughts on Last of Us too. It's just therefore getting completely subjective in it. I can never shake the fact that when I hit the credits, I personally just went, I don't know if I needed that. And I've never really shaken that. I've never really got uh, away from that. And I, I think that's my my completely personal thoughts is I kind of, part of me kind of wishes they did something different with the sequel to The Last of Us. I've been waiting for this for so long where it'd be announced and the, the, just the trauma of like trying to not get a sport for out. Mm. And like, and, and then like, when I hit credits, like, I just like, <laughs> I I think that's the thing. Like that, that did, like, whole end bit. Yeah, mm. and like the last is part one is still my favorite game of all time. I think it's I think it is the best game like one ever made. It's my favorite game ever. This yeah. didn't top. This is probably a better game, but this didn't top that for me in my personal ranking. Or is like what we should look back upon sort of thing. Like I get another you there. thing as well because um, we move on to number one. But another thing on the Last of Us too. If we're just talking like for for me, I, I, another sort of thing that I think the original maybe does better is like the end of the original left you with such a massive conversation on like the needs of the many, the yeah, outweigh the needs of the few. And that whole thing what would you do if you were joel is joel really the villain all that kind of stuff there were so many fascinating conversations and philosophies that came out of that sort of dissecting his motivations and dissecting what would you do the parental role and stuff like that whereas i feel like last of us 2 is way more cut and dry and sort of when 2 ends it's very forlorn but it's very you know you know what should have happened you know what you know you, you feel sad because they couldn't have reconciled they couldn't make things work ellie was too addicted to the revenge and i just that sort of clear-cut nature it just Personally, it didn't resonate as much. It didn't give me as much to talk about. It was almost like there was never was any done, smile, and it was done. Yeah, there was never any happy time in this. Like it was always, which I don't need, but it's it's yeah. more like sort of like like I said, like a warm. I don't know, some sort of more positive thematic thing to sort of latch onto and dissect and p- pick apart in the apocalypse. Um, but whatever. Um, actually, Josh, did you have any final thoughts? Because me and Ben were talked a lot there. Uh, no, it's good. I, I, I would disagree, but to disagree and go into why I think slightly different <laughs> is to derail the entire video. And we've done plenty of these before, so I would just defer to the other videos that we've done for mm. why I think it's slightly different. But I mean, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like at number two. That's 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 fine. That's it's a cool ranking as far as I'm good. Like this has been a great year, like I said. So any of these top three could have taken it. I think. So the one that is at number one is Doom Eternal, which is the game that, I mean, for me, when I played Doom Eternal, I reviewed it. I loved it. Five stars. And I said that I think this is going to be the game of the year. And it was mine until Ori and the Will of the Wisps knocked it off the top. Um, But Doom Eternal was none of our actual number ones, which is kind of hilarious. Nobody, even none of the presenters, none of the editors um, put it at number one, but it did add up to being eventually number one just because of the amount of different uh, placements that it had. Um, I do think it's a phenomenal game, though. I mean, going back through the, the DLC, you can't get a better first-person shooter um, or a better pure action game. Like, that thing moves as fast as your brain can process thoughts. I think you like, can. It's, it's 2016. <laughs> it's not at all, though, is it? Because if you go back to 2016's Doom, that game is two brilliant halves and the final third drags the hell on. This, we all loved it back in the day, but if you go back to it now, that game is not paced very well. I do sort of agree with Scott Hilton here because I think a, a, the divide comes in between whether you like Doom 2016 or whether you like Doom Eternal more. And for me, it's Doom Eternal because even though it's just building upon what was great about Doom, 
It just has a more bombastic rhythm to it and getting into that rhythm by the time you're just taking out these rooms and rooms of enemies towards the end, which have these ridiculous bad guys in them that are so dangerous. And yet you've kind of mastered the dance that you need to do apart from mm. when a marauder comes in and that just completely shakes everything <laughs> up. But for everything else, you get to master that dance. You get to use these weapons. The way this game, more so than 2016, encourages you to swap weapons as well, I think is really great and interesting and you use more of that arsenal mm. uh, and yeah the platforming might not be as good as it can be but i never detracted even in one iota for me like i still no. enjoyed it enough and it i think it is necessary to break up the pacing a little bit because if you just have 100 percent action 100 percent of the time like it becomes a little bit grating so it wouldn't work with the rhythm in my opinion without those sections or without that kind of moment of quiet before you gear up to the next arena one thing that's fascinating is like because they went in such an arcadey direction like they bring in the platforming they have the mario style like uh like lines of flame balls rotating around that you have to jump over and stuff and like when i saw that i loved that because i was like oh cool like it's it's so video gamey anyway there's power-ups everywhere it's very self-aware and i was like oh that's cool they're doing that oh that's from super mario that's kind of fun and but i know that like that sort of bounce like a lot of people bounce off that like ben rhino you weren't a fan of the platforming i know a lot of people didn't like how just how how much that was kind of arcadey and kind of over the top. Yeah, um, for me the jumping, I, I just all the platforming sections just I feel like they take the, everything they tried. I feel like they tried to add here like takes the air out of the room for me. Like the Marauders, oh funny, it's a hard, but it just takes the air out of the room. And like I feel like it worked as a boss, but I don't feel it works mm. when you throw them into the middle of a combat se- section. Because everything is, is, yeah, sure, like, it, it's a hard boss. Uh, we like hard games now, Demon's Souls, Dark Souls, ah, uh, Sekiro. But, like, it's just, you're trying to deal with it. It's got a shield, it's got a dog, and it, all these things. It just every time it was there, it wasn't, oh, I can't wait. It was a, okay, let's go. Like, it, I got through them all. Like, it just it just wasn't, it just, they never enjoyed it for me. And as it went on, and just, I can't. Some of the some of the choices, man. Like turn it into Super Mario. Like just what is this? Like this isn't the pure enjoyment I was getting from 2016. And every time I got to one of these sections, I was like, well, I, do I just want to just go and like watch James May or something? Because I'm in prime. Stop with the James May taking because, you away from Doom Eternal. Because um, I just. For me, it, it feels like one of my more big. It feels like my biggest disappointment this year. This does because I held 2016 in such high esteem. 2016 for me Same. was only just beaten by Hitman that year. But for this man, I just it just falls flat. Like it, when when we play Cyberpunk, if Cyberpunk is great, and like next week, this week, whatever, mm-hmm. like it might kick Doom Eternal out of my top ten. Like it just, I don't, I feel, I don't feel anything really for Doom Eternal. Oh, I, it, it was in my list here. Like I was felt like I, was, I could have tactically like not put it in my top ten, but I feel like it I kind just, of. I can't. I mean, yeah. I, we, we've said this a million times, but the platforming is lit for me. It, it, it's, it is. It's literally ten minutes of that I, game. I, I imagine it's not though, because you could. I could go and be one of. I'm gonna go and time it but i'm not gonna but imagine if we were in the office and when this came out we were just because sh- it would have been that meme when they're shouting <laughs> at each other and they're just, they're just like what are you doing here and i'm just like i hate you so much because <laughs> oh yeah that's that's the where the orange county chopper people when we're in when we're in the office just bellowing at each other from across the room uh, the um, initial when we did the um the initial roundup on the idea of doing the best games of the generation that was a very fruitful conversation as well but um yeah i don't know doom eternal for me it, it nails everything the platforming stuff only enhances it. it gives me more variety of stuff to do um i don't think it takes up that much of the runtime but to focus on the overall positives and um, the control scheme like the stuff that josh touched on before um about them encouraging you to switch weapons 
weapons that they give each enemy a different weak point. I love the whole armor thing. So like, if you want to really get stuck in, like be like, look at a fray of enemies and just be like, I can get right in the middle of that and stick the armor thing on and just be like hoovering up armor power-ups while you're doing fatality type stuff and um, different weapons swapping between different things. Um, and with all the acrobatic stuff that the air dashes and everything else, I just think that once you lock in with just how many options they give you and the frame rate he, um, keeps up and everything, I've not had an, another experience as visceral as that all year. Um, it was just so, so well done. Yeah, I'd agree. I think it's a, it's a funny one for me because I can't really fault it, right? Yeah, mm. it wasn't my top of the year. I don't, really, don't even think it was in my top um, five because it I think just... I think if they the story. Like if they had... Yeah, I, I love yeah. the lore, I love the narrative, but I don't think the actual story beats really do very much. I think that's it. I think it's just missing that kind of like something surprising that it does really well because everything it does, you almost expect it to do well. And obviously mm. there's nothing wrong with that. It's still incredible, makes it incredibly recommendable. And if anyone likes first person shooters, I'd push Doom Eternal on them without even a second hesitation because it All does do what it does flawlessly. Even if you like platformers, I'll still push it on them. <laughs> no, but yeah, if, if, I think like if I had one, <laughs> if I had yes. one potential reservation about why it wasn't higher, it is. it was just because it was missing that kind of like something else that's something extra little push of magic that they, they you know do it doesn't like, necessarily need but yeah the they do so much top. great stuff with all the uh, the lore drops the like text entries that you can find and then realizing that you are the same doom slayer from the original doom that was like yeah. trapped in hell and then went to some other planet and is the same dude like that's i think that stuff is incredible i kind of wish they'd done more of that in cutscenes, but i guess they had to split the difference because again the original in doom 2016 you can just ignore the cutscene stuff even when you're like in game being told stuff you can just sort of wander around or you know it's doom guys always slapping away some uh, tablet with information on that he's supposed to be getting on with or whatever i feel like they had to split it that way i just hope that the, the third one isn't just a full-on sort of like platformer and i hope they don't ruin <laughs> wolfenstein 3 with what they're doing here um, it can only make it better, but we can also um, hand it off to people down in the comments, or you can come find us on social media. Let us know what you think your game of the year 2020 is, um, and what's your what would be your top three ranking? Is it Ghost of Tsushima, Last of Us 2, and then Doom Eternal, or would you switch it around? And um, for now, Ivan Scott, this has been rather the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Ben Roy Turner. Sorry, that was really negative of me. It's not like the worst <laughs> thing in the world. Like there are worse <laughs> things in the world, but I just don't think it's game of the year. And I've been Ben Roy Turner. Yeah, has been Ben Roy Turner. Also, Josh Brown. Goodbye, goodbye. Eternal's brilliant. Lovely. Catch you all next time. Yeah. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.